As you know, I am Chris Cuomo, and I want to talk about why Americans are so fascinated with the royal family, and in particular, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. The royal family is a fairy tale. Glamour, elegance, castles, crowns. This is a world that is so different from our own. All right, look, enough of that yip-yip. I don't agree with <laughs> just about anything I just said. In fact, here's the interesting part. Here's the food for thought. I didn't write what I just said. And neither did any other living or breathing human being. That opening statement was done by AI. It was Charlie LaDuff, who just returned from the Mexican border. Charlie is also an author. Uh, he is really, I've been following his reporting for a very long time. He's got a book out now that is a really interesting look at what's going on in the country, Detroit, an American Autopsy. Charlie, appreciate uh, you joining us. And uh, I'm a fan of the No BS News Hour. That, uh, that in artificial intelligence intro, congratulations, you've never written so well. <laughs> I'm going to use that for my show. <laughs> Hey now, welcome to the only news show where you're not treated like a dummy. <laughs> you want to hang out, we got a new segment, and we've got Ben Arthur, father of a survivor of Oxford, to fill us in for the holidays, little good news, and Todd Benzman, senior fellow at the Nonpartisan Center for Immigration Studies. He's out with a new book, and he's been down on the border. Get ready, strap it on, but first... I got to tell you, none of this is possible without friends like the Yaskovitzes. That's Bernie's son, Matt. They are the brains behind XG Service Group. That's business IT. Everything. Everything you see going on, what you're listening to. They manage services, internet, voice over IP, Wi-Fi, design, installation, security systems, cameras and access control. You know what I mean? You need to be looking. Can't be there 24 hours. Digital menu boards at your restaurants, drive-through systems, all of it. If you need your racetrack wired, the racetrack. You call yeah, like oh man, like Milan Raceway. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I need a racetrack. Yeah, yeah, to I need, get it wired. You need a racetrack, there, soldier. Yes, you <laughs> what do. <does> that mean? <laughs> I don't know. Don't surprise Just me. Call don't surprise me with questions I can't answer. <laughs> All you do is you call Matt Yaskovitz at 734-245-4100. One more time. Matt Yaskovitz at XG Service Group, 734-245-4100. Very, very recommended. And also, you know where we're broadcasting from. You know where <laughs> Al Roker goes to eat. I heard Al Roker almost died. Yeah, he did. He yeah. almost died. Yeah, he I think he there. was eating at Lafayette. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody <laughs> slipped him a Lafayette. <laughs> yeah. You don't eat a Lafayette. You ate an American, the original. <laughs> the 105-plus-year-old family resident, the oldest in the city of Detroit. Roll the tape. American Coney Island. So good, even Al Roker from the Today Show eats here. Not like that other guy, Al Joker, who <laughs> eats at Lafayette. So make sure you're a Roker and not a Joker. American Coney Island. Funky! Yeah, funky! Mm -hmm. I'm feeling funky tonight. Al Joker almost died. <laughs> yeah. Listen, though, if you want, like, the original Coney dog, the proprietary dog, a pound of a 105-year-old family recipe of chili, the onion, the Vidalia onion, the dogs, you want it in time for Christmas, last chance. Last chance. You must order by Saturday, 9 p.m. Go to AmericanConeyIsland.com. Last chance. A little bit of Detroit. Do oh, it. Always makes it all right. Right, Karen? Karen? Yeah, it does. And you know what? That's the easiest thing to do is to order online. What are you laughing at, Mark? I'm, <laughs> no, what no, do no, I do? There was a delayed response. That's all I was laughing at. No. It's all good. Okay. Sorry. That's it's not my, my fault. It's my fault you're not here. I still know that. Fix it in post. <laughs> Fix it in post. 
post office don't even work. Oh, yes, actually, it does. I'm actually writing that down. I'm actually going to tip my post person this, this year. That's, yeah, you're supposed I, to, aren't I you? I do every year, Charlie. I do. We're not all made of money. No, I tip, I, mean, I, I give everybody, almost everybody I know a Christmas gift. I do. All, all they bring me is recycle shit. <laughs> Bills and recycle shit. Why you get a tip for that? What you need to do is be ripping off that, uh, you know, that Amazon shit on my neighbor's Doors that have been delivering it to me, then you get a tip. <laughs> you want them to be porch pirating for you? <laughs> well, listen, Karen and I, we are tired of being dogged by you people. Well, not you people, but those people. It's always those people. Who are those people? So, why can't you do something positive? Where's all the good news? You know, and you're really wearing me out. So, we have a new segment we are launching this holiday season called... What's good in the news? News, news. Oh, God damn. We'll fix that in post. We should have pre-taped that. That's, that's what we got. <laughs> we tried. All right, baby Jesus. That was this minute. Hi, Mom. Hi, Mom in Boston. We, we put him on. We're taking care of him. He's a good boy. All right, let's get right to the good news. Let's hit it. Good news around the world. And we start in the Gaza Strip. Look at that. Beautiful. Turn that on. Let me hear it. Oh, it's a party in the Gaza Strip. Look at the beaches. Blue, pristine, Mediterranean Sea. It's the first time in decades, decades, that people could swim in it because... They were flushing raw sewage out there. They couldn't get any cement for the water treatment plant. Apparently, the Israelis think there's something to do with military, you know. It looks nice. Uses of cement, but now they got one. And now, look, just a little more than half of the beaches you can swim in. Good news. Now, let's hope soon we're going to have an end to the Palestinian-Israeli conflict. But in the meantime, we got a beach. Well, let's just keep it happy. Good news. <laughs> We've got more good news from downtown Detroit. <laughs> well, there it is, the Phantom Skyscraper. Yes, it was five years ago this week that Dan Gilbert and Mike Duggan broke ground on the new Hudson Skyscraper project. They promised, in exchange for hundreds of millions of public tax breaks, we would get the tallest, best, hugest building in Michigan that would transform downtown Detroit. So far, we don't got very many stories and... No walls and a couple windows, but keep reaching for the stars, Dan. <laughs> Happy birthday to your skyscraper. <laughs> birthday to you. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Happy birthday, dear skyscraper. <laughs> How tall are you? Hey! <laughs> What's full with of all right. <laughs> That's lots of good we news. We got a baby skyscraper. <laughs> When's that getting done, Karen? When? I don't know, but I'll tell you one thing. There's nobody downtown. And I mean, I know when there are events and everything down there, but I've driven downtown like at lunchtime and just in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. There, there's nobody downtown. What, you the know what? This is a positive segment. The parking's <laughs> oh. plentiful. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Right. I'm sorry. Yeah, Come on down. Right. Plenty of parking. Or you can go into one of Dan's parking garages that we're paying for. It's awesome. Now, let's go on to the next one. Oh, boy. Jason Carr, the morning personality on Channel 4, was fired last week for shit talking about his colleagues. Well, on the air or pre on the air, we're not sure, right? He called them terrible human beings. I'm not sure it was on the air, but we've got the internal mm. video feed. Let's roll that tape. And I will say this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get a little bit real here for a second. And I pull no punches and I, I offer no apologies. There's somebody that used to work here and no longer does. Right. No secret at all that this person and I... Oil and water did not care for one another in the slightest. In fact, I uh, pretty much one of the worst human beings I, I feel like I've ever met in my life. But I would see you talking to this person and be like, I wanted to like rescue you, like or, or, or like somehow take you aside and go, he's not worth your 
Brett, he's not worth your time. Right. But that's not my, I mean, that's, you know, that's between you and the universe. Right, right. You know? right. I can't control you, can't control him. Right, that's right. I feel it. And I know. Hero. <laughs> I, I know. I have never liked anybody less in my entire human life on this planet in 52 years than our recently departed co-worker. Yeah, right. And when I say recently departed, I mean I he no longer works here. Yeah. I should move on because I, I, I could say some stuff. Anyway. Uh, oh, he's not the only one that no longer works there. Oh, oh my. Okay. Um, okay, what's positive about this? i tell you what's positive. Jason has not been heard of or from since, but never fear. A petition is circulating to have Jason reinstated onto the morning program. A petition. How many, how many people have signed the petition, Mark? Uh, let's see. Right now, we're up to 228. 228. And here's what's positive. That's more signatures than people who actually watch the show. <laughs> <laughs> So this could be a career maker, not a career breaker. And one, well, I mean, he's, he's never been hotter right now, right? I mean, everybody's talking about him. His uh, name's out there. I mean, he's trending, and yeah. I mean, he wouldn't waste a breath. I mean, no talking about breath. I mean, Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, yeah. But Joe, I know this is the positive segment, but that was very petty. I mean, how can a grown man, 50 years old, be bothered by somebody and be disturbed by somebody else talking to them? I mean, that's like elementary school stuff to me. <laughs> Well, let me just, let me just, I'll say this, Karen. Um, Mark's got insight, inside as, information. As soon as um, that got out, I was contacted and someone's like, do you have the other one? <laughs> well, there's another we, one? Well, now I know what to look for because apparently there's more than just that. I don't know if that aired on his streaming well, show. What else, what else did you hear that there's there? Uh, well, he started going off on producers and other people that work there. Saying what? Like, he doesn't I, like him, and nobody likes him, and nobody will look him in the eye. And, and, and they're know, horrible human, human beings. Yeah. All right, in Jason's defense, this is TV news. So he was 100% honest and accurate. Yeah. Right? It's a long hallway lined with rubber carpet. Full of scumbags and reprobates. I, I, I mean, he's absolutely correct. I don't think it's any secret who he's talking about either. Because um, we, we heard from from a viewer, someone who actually, one of the 228 people that signed the petition, <laughs> said that um, he was on that streaming show and was talking about how he was parking next to, I believe, does Rhonda do mornings at Channel 4 now? Rhonda I think? who? Walker. She does mornings. Like, Thank I, you, Karen. Like, I watch local TV. That's why I asked. I knew Karen would know. Um, and he parked next Karen to Karen watches local TV? <laughs> I just know, Charlie. Go ahead, Mark. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, he, uh, he allegedly was saying on that streaming service that he parked next to her where old numb nuts used to park. So it, it's the old anchor who was on in the morning with him that's now at Chicago, which is everybody. Why should he be concerned about him? He's not even there anymore. Exactly. I mean, it almost sounds like he's jealous. Like, what is the what is this real issue? It's a great question. And as a news show, we have no answer for that. I'm positive. This is good news, Karen. <laughs> but we have reached out to Jason. We wish him well and, uh, you know, get, get get better. That's a good point. I don't want to see anyone lose their job. No, the, I really, I mean, you The don't. dude is super fucking talented. Yeah. The guy is super talented. Hothead, yes. So what? But news, I, news business is full of that. He knows better. Super talented. I remember working at Fox 2 with him, and he and Lee Thomas came up with a morning show with a live mm -hmm. studio audience mm -hmm. and it was in black and white and they had written like sketches. It was like, really, he, dude, I mean, the huh. guy's like, idea. he's super TV and I could see how he's being annoyed with where his TV's huh. going and everybody in the country is annoyed with where TV's going. That's why they're leaving you yeah. and coming to the no bullshit news hour where, you know, you're not treated like a dope. Yeah. And we can disagree. Hey, uh, Jason, return the text. You said you were coming on. That was before you got fired. But I knew he wasn't happy, man. Yeah. They were trying to, like, squeeze him and make him do all kinds of bullshit. Buyer's remorse, maybe. And A little you, bit of it. Maybe you mean, the, oh, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. You mean the station? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure he's got, a, big, he's got a bigger contract, right? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. But here, here, I, I tell you local TV people, let the guy do what he's going to do, man, because the guy's number one. He was till he got to your shit. 
Let him do what he thinks needs to be done. Maybe that's the answer. Listening to your employees. Yeah. Eh? Yeah, maybe he's not newsman enough. Yeah, have too, I fired you yet? Today? No, yeah, I think I'm doing pretty good. Get the fuck out. All right, see you. That's a great, right, in, great intro. Don't go, Mark. Don't go. I might. I don't want to speak out of church, but I might go to Texas with Chris Cuomo. I think you should. Might do that. Well, he's got to like solidify and really ask me, but yeah, what the hell? Yeah. You know. He said he's going to ask you. <laughs> Man, they all do- you dog me like uh, Chris on the left, Tucker on the right. You dog me for a pe- Look, I, I don't care. I got, I got to say what I got to say, and I'm doing my best not to lie to you. And by the way, I walk away f- from jobs when I start getting upset. I don't explode on people. I just walk away. It's just better to reinvent yourself. Can I ask you a question about the Cuomo interview? Yeah. It was, re- it was really good, and his show is vastly different than what he did at CNN, but he said on there that he was going to call you afterwards and talk to you. Um, yeah, we're can you, di- can you divulge anything of, of what he said? It's or? just, hey, bro. Yeah. Hey, bro, I'm going to Texas, man. Yeah. Is he happy? Because uh, he's at News Nation now. I, I don't know if he's happy, yeah. but I, he should be happy. I, that's kind of what I thought, too. I mean, I don't know what he made before. Five, six million dollars, making a million dollars now. Yeah. Take a cut and be you. Do what you want. Be you. Yeah. Right? Stop with the fake bullshit. But it's not just the money, too, Charlie. You know, people get addicted to, you know, the attention, and they get addicted to being on television, and and some people get too comfortable and too cocky with it as well. So, you know, I mean, I used to to like watching him. I I did. I really Mm -hmm. did. Give him a shot again. It's a different show, but it's... I don't know. It's better better than what was on CNN, I'll tell you. No, I like him. See, I, I, I busted his balls, and he laughed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hey, brother, I'm gonna I'm gonna call you, and then he called me a break. Oh, really? And then he called me after the program. I'm like, leave me alone. You're being <laughs> no, stuck. It actually, it was interesting. I'm, I'm like, you know, Are like you friends now, Charlie. Is that your new BFF? You, you, you know, you the minute friends? I say something, Karen, the, the news gets negative again. You know, these negative that's assholes. You and Chris called BFFs. That's good. I was just wondering if he's your new friend. He's. My <laughs> <laughs> You're so full of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did get a call from New York today. There is, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, negative people on on social media. No, I'm not washed up. I'm making my own calls. Yeah, New York wants me to come back. I'm not doing it. See, because because mm-hmm. Karen's not there. Mm-hmm. Because we don't got baby Jesus doing no 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 like that's, that's just so fun. <laughs> you know, you try getting somebody from the New York Times to put on a, a one piece. <laughs> a one oh, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. The, the gr- and the heels, and the heels, and the nice legs, and the beautiful hair. Great smuggling. I was um, <laughs> I was down in Texas, right, just looking for something, and um, you in the one piece with the heels popped up, and I was like, <laughs> oh, um, gee, it made me miss home, man. Did Elvis see that and ask you, what is that about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Elvis was just booking across the river, man. Elvis had no idea what the fuck he's walking into. That kind of shit don't go on in Nicaragua. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, maybe it does, and that's what he was and running. If it does, that's what he- <laughs> I was ain't gonna run back. All we gotta do is put baby Jesus on the border in the one piece, and everybody <laughs> go right back on the other way. <laughs> right back on. Then they'll then they'll they'll apply here and go like, I would like to. Go, where would you like to go? Anywhere where he's not. <laughs> Oh man! What's your mom's name again? Kim. Hi, Kim. What's your dad's name again? Rick. Hey, Rick. Doesn't he look like a dream in a woman's bikini? One piece. One kini. Mankini. (laughs) Mankini. All right, listen. um, We're going to bring you some more good news. Uh, This is about the survivors of the Oxford School shooting here in Michigan. Um. And also, after that, we're going to bring you some not-so-good news about the disorder and the human calamity on the southern border and the tens of thousands of migrants uh, who are making their way to a better life, so they think. But first, let me bring you a word from our sponsor, Luke Nowacki. Hit it, baby. That's it. What'd the market do today? Oh, it took a shit. Why? I, you know what? I cannot figure it out for the life of me. That's something that's in Luke's world, man. I thought like, you know, like inflation still super high. And the reason inflation's super high is because prices are super high. And it came down because gas prices are lower. Nobody controls the gasoline market. Yeah. It's still too high. So maybe when Wall Street first got the news and like, oh, it's less than we thought. Mm-hmm. But they knew that was coming. The, the market rockets. Okay, yeah. well, it came. There, there was a bad consumer report, you know, a consumer product, you know, what they buy. 
but November was a lot less than what they expected. Exactly. Corporate um, in profits. In Europe, raised rates higher than they expected. They raise too. rates. It's up and down. I mean, how are you supposed to keep track? Look, there's, right, a, there's a guy whose job, he talks to people, he reads, he looks at the charts going blip, blip, blip. He's got a lot of money he's managing. Pension funds, personal accounts, you name it, businesses. That's Luke Nowacki, my friend at Pinnacle Wealth, 248-663-4748. Rational financial advice based on facts with a long view of the economy. That's Luke Nowacki, 248-663-4748. You want to know how you save a couple of nickels? How? Maybe a couple of dollars? How? Maybe a couple C notes? Maybe a couple it. fins? Maybe a couple skinskis? I just made that skinskis. one up. Skinskis. Nobody like challenged it. it. I like it. That was bullshit news. No, it isn't. <laughs> I just coined some skinskis. That's thousands. Trademark it. Legacy Partners Insurance. By the way, uh, when was the last day to sign up for Medicare? The Medicaid? insurance yeah i, have right? no I idea. believe is today the 15th today is the fifth oh yeah oh, oh, i hope you did it Oof. but never fear that comes right. that comes next year too what you can do now is have them shop for the best insurance for your home your car your boat your rv your motorcycle whatever it is your business right bernie what do you what do you think about legacy partners bernie <laughs> yeah would they save you don't say specifically uh, lots five figures yes Five figures, like not not like one, not more than ten thousand. More than ten thousand. More than ten thousand, and now you're gonna personally go through legacy. Absolutely. So when I told you that, you gave them a call. Yep. You tried them. Did you get the personal service? Yes. Uh, it's amazing, right? It's perfect. Okay, it was perfect. Per He's not. It's true, right? Mark's laughing. I'm laughing at his voice. He sounds like Hulk Hogan, brother. Yeah, motherfucker, he's gargling on gravy. Yeah, brother. I could be bad Santa. He's going to come in and be bad Santa next week. I'm like, only if he can fall downstairs. I could do that, brother. And he's going to get life insurance before he does it from Legacy Partners. You know, he's going to do that. He's going to call 586-209-4106. If you want to do stunts, if you're running a business. Oh, wait, Mark's giving him the microphone. Are you insured? I am insured. That's okay. We are too, brother. Legacy Partners. I found them at 586-209-4106, really personal service. And if you call them tomorrow and you don't hear back, you let me know, they'll get back to you. Damn. Yeah. Damn, we're good at this. Yeah. All right. Did, did, reading? <laughs> I didn't even read any of that, Karen. Karen. Didn't read any of that. Okay. <laughs> I am going to start reading this one. It's Hall Financial's holiday season debt consolidation special. Do we have any jingle bells? I can get some. Okay. Fix this. I'm not doing another word until I get jingle bells. <laughs> jingle bells, Batman smells, Robin laid an egg. Batmobile lost its wheels and Joker got away and ate it Lafayette, Coney Island. When you sing, though, okay. it's going to take me longer. All right. Fuck you. Okay. The holidays can be expensive. And right now, credit card interest rates are the highest they've been since 1996. <clears throat> what year were you born, hippie? Hippie Jesus has never witnessed credit card debt this high ever. There's his balls right there. Right there. <laughs> Those are too big. That, that, that's because they're rubbing together in that one kini. Oh, my God. Listen, Hall Financial is here to help you become debt-free. Get a cash-out refi from Hall Financial. That's a great way to use equity in your home to pay off high-interest credit card debt because the Fed just raised them another half percent. It's going up, people. A free, free... Five-minute mortgage review with Hall Financials also take to get you and your family in a better position this holiday season. Get the money you 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 need it now with a cash-out refi from Hall Financial. Call Hall Financial at 866-CALL-HALL for all of you people who may be dyslexic. Let me spell it. 866-C-A-L-L-H-A-L-L -L -L, or chat with them online at callhallfirst.com. Are we having a Christmas party? You asked that last week, didn't you? I want a Christmas party. We're coming over to your house, remember? Okay. Does the whole world need to hear about this right now, Karen? She's inviting the whole world. I just, I've just, it just coughed in my mind. I'm sorry. Well, let's <laughs> sing it with me. 
I'd like to teach the world to, world sing, to sing in perfect, perfect harmony. I'd like that. to hold them in my arms and keep them company. It's the real thing. Are we singing the Coca-Cola ad or the Honey song? bees and lilac trees and snow white turtle doves. I got that. <laughs> Yeah, we can do that. We'll, we'll, we'll go out on that. <laughs> so listen, that's right. here's what I want to do. Seriously. Now, I want to invite in Ben Arthur. You remember him. He's a friend of the show. He's the father of Phoebe, who when she was 14 a year ago, it's the year anniversary plus a week or so, uh, was shot by 15-year-old Ethan Crumbly. How you doing, Ben? Doing fantastic. How are you? I'm, I'm good, <clears throat> man. Um, love the hallway. Love what you've done with it. <laughs> Thank you. Like Thank you. Did you do a little mudding there? And like, you, that's a hickory post, is that not? A little handrail? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just so, yeah, yeah. So, listen, man, how's your daughter doing? She's doing fantastic. She's doing really well. It wasn't so easy, man. It, up. No, no, it was not easy. She was the first victim of. That dude, Ethan Crumbly, was she not? She was, yes. She happened to be standing outside that bathroom when he got walked out. So it's been a hard road back to tell, uh, you know, I, we're not speaking for her, telling secrets. She doing well in school? Yeah, she's doing really good in school. Um, happy to I mean, hear. Just like any other teenager, you know. Hmm. Now and then we get uh email that says, you know, she might be a little late on an assignment, but whatever. She's doing good. That's normal. I would think normal's good. Well, I would think like, hey, yeah. and, you know, fuck you, man. I'm, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> right? I, I, I don't need to call you stinking Colin. <laughs> you know what I mean? But she's adjusted, um, recovered fully. Uh, I would say, yeah, fully recovered. Uh, wow. She's got all the use of her left arm back, wow. which was a surprise. She it actually came back really fast for her. That's awesome. What about emotionally, Ben? Yeah. How is she doing emotionally? I mean, that that had to have been pretty damaging there as well. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think she's handling it quite well. She tries not to dwell on it very much. Uh, I was talking to her about it last weekend when she was at my house here. And uh, she said, yeah, I kind of even kind of forget about it sometimes that it even happened until she looks in the mirror and sees the scars. Did she get mental, uh, any mental health support or resources? And, and, and I ask that only because we continue to hear the conversation about its importance, especially for young people. Oh, yeah. Yep. She's uh, been getting, getting regular therapy sessions. Uh, and all of us have, actually. Okay. That's good. I didn't even think about you, yeah. man, come to think of it. I didn't, yeah. I didn't even really think <laughs> about that. Well, and to that point. Yeah, it's been really tough for, for us. Do you, Ben, actively avoid the news or do you want to know as much as you can about the investigation? Because, you know, they haven't been very forthright with a lot of information. So is that something you avoid for your mental health or is it something you have to attack and read about? Both. Uh, I avoid it up until I'm hearing about it on the news. Like I might get an email from prosecutors saying what's going to be happening, what I might be hearing about. Uh, luckily I'm at work for like 12 hours a day. So time I get home and want to sit down and read this stuff, I'm too tired to really worry about it. Yeah. You know, I was reading up a little like your, your, your ex-wife, um, I don't know if you're part of, but she filed a federal lawsuit, you know, in terms of the, the lack of ability for the district to look out for your child's, for instance, um, there was policies drafted what to do with a kid like Ethan Crumbly. And not only was nobody ever trained on it, it was never implemented. I mean, you go to a nice school district, you think, you know, you spend all kinds of money, you, you hear all kinds of nonsense, and then to come to find out, nothing was ever in place. Right. Yeah, that's... Yeah. I guess it's supposed to be shocking, but I'm not shocked by that. Dude, it's just, it's just un un unbelievable. Like, you know, ever since... Well, it's been a thing of mine because this is what it is in America, but 
when I drop my kid off, you know, I, I, I wait. At least get in there. Mm-hmm. At least get in there. And then when you come to realize there's no protocols in there, why sending your kid to school is a leap of faith? Yeah, I don't know how we survived it. <laughs> um, I don't know. All right, I'm going to go like this. Okay, so here's Sorry. what we here's what we know. You're not it's good, man. We're watching the news. We've had three superintendents in this time. We now know a security guard ran away. Body cam on armed security guards. So so much for, you know, we look at Uvalde, we look at Oxford, we we keep saying that's a solution. Obviously it's not. Um these parents want their bond. Uh, what is it, James and Jennifer Crumbly? Yes, yeah. They want their bond yeah. reduced, right? And do you want their bond reduced? No, no, absolutely not. Why? Because they they at least are partly responsible. You know, like I don't understand the knowing that. Your kid's got problems like that, and then you buy him a gun. Yeah. And then lie and say What's it was the, locked what, up, and, right? And that now comes out it yeah, wasn't yeah, locked yeah. up. Yeah, all the right, it wasn't locked up. He had full access to it. <clears throat> and the mother Why? was worried. She was telling the police in the back of the car, it now comes out in a filing last week, that she was afraid he was going to take his own life. So they they knew, but I know you to be a reasonable guy, Ben. So this is I want to put this right. Let me let me think how to say it. You're a reasonable guy that lives in America. I'm sure you understand what the Second Amendment is. And there are no laws to lock up your guns. And yet they're being charged, the parents, with involuntary manslaughter. Do you feel it's an appropriate charge looking at the scope of your life and what happened to your flesh and blood, the most important thing in your life, your daughter? Do I believe it's the appropriate charges? No. No, I don't. That um, It's going to be kind of tough to, to get them on that. At, at worst, they... What, what's that called? Uh... They bought someone else a gun. They weren't supposed to ha- have it. Forget the term for that, but uh, you know that that can't be legal. You can't buy a gun for a kid, not a handgun. So, do you think the charges should be higher, or no charges at all? I think they should be different charges. Interesting. <clears throat> I'm sure, I'm not helping anyone's case here by saying that, but uh, they're charged with. With what is it? Uh, involuntary involuntary manslaughter? manslaughter? Yeah. yeah. What do you think it should be? That seems a little tough to me. Huh. That's, uh, interesting. That's interesting. I I get what you're saying, which is okay. Before, but you're 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 catching me not ready to talk about this. Uh, <clears throat> that's fair, man. You can stop anytime. If, you if anything, they should be accessory accessory to murder, perhaps. But involuntary manslaughter? I don't know. Accessory for providing the gun, I kind of makes sense. Yeah, I don't know how that works. Provided him the gun, he had access to it. He took it to school. They suspected him. You know, everyone knew he was a problem. What? Where did we go wrong? What happened? Where did we drop the ball here? But you've got parents that have the same problem that the son has. So to them, perhaps it's not a problem. I mean, you got to look at what they did to contribute to this. So they're, they're not seeing his behavior or his challenges as a problem. But Ben, if I can ask you just one more question, what, what's, sure. what's desired outcome for this? What would bring you some type of comfort? Certainly justice may not ever be served, but if you could write the ending of this for the Crumleys, what would it look like? I think they definitely need to be serving some sort of time. Um, and then hopefully they just disappear. Like when this is all said and done, I'm sure they're never going to speak to each other again. Mm-hmm. And that'd be great. They could just disappear and I don't have to ever think about them. Yeah, man. And, you know, I look at it like this. 
I don't know how valid the charges are. I, you know what I mean? There's no law that you have to lock anything up. They could argue, I didn't buy it for him. It's in my name, all of that. But I do see this. They've been sitting in the cooler now for a year. They're going to be there for another year. You've had to sell your house and everything else. So you're going to do minimum two and everything's going to be taken from you. So I really, right. I really have no problem with that. I, I think it's actually kind of sophisticated and ingenious by the it's, Oakland County prosecutor. Sends a message. Sure does. Mm -hmm. As a gun yeah. owner, it sure does. Ben, is there, have there been re revelations? Please lock up your guns. Yeah. For those of you that don't have responsible people. I know there's lots of people that are gun owners from responsible homes. This wasn't one. If you think you're one of those houses, please lock up the firearm. Um, ben, I was alluding to how information has changed constantly from what has come out from the school district. And, um, you know, people had to leave the school board to actually speak their mind because the insurance company doesn't want them to talk. Is there is there something that has changed from what you thought it was one way, you know, the weeks after that, it, that has changed now that has just really confused you? Or is there something that's just so frustrating that they won't answer? Like, is there an answer you really want? Uh, I would like any form of communication from the school about what happened. That'd be great. Yep. I've had zero. Shame. That's, wow. that's appalling. Of course it's appalling. They, yeah, there is. They have nothing. As far as I know, and I've talked to a few of the other uh, survivors' parents, no one's been contacted by the school system at all. Now, part wow. of that's because of the lawsuit that's going on. Absolutely. I don't yeah. care. I, I'm with you, Charlie. I, well, I, think I don't it's care because the people end up paying it anyway. Mm -hmm. and if, and if people it, deserve a fucking answer about their children. And if it wasn't for the lawsuits, we wouldn't have the depositions from teachers. Deposition. Play that tape. Play, play, right. play this. This comes from Ben Johnson, yep. a lawyer for some of the victims. Listen to what he what he. Basically, they give him 15 minutes to look at some, some videotape. This is what he had to say. Uh, Kimberly Potts, P-O-T-T-S, uh, who was an Oxford Community School security guard. Now, she was employed there. She was armed. She had a gun. She had a body camera. Well, apparently, Ms. Potts was confused that day and thought it was a drill. What I don't know and what we need to find out is exactly what she did for the next four minutes. Because the one thing that we can certainly all agree on is she did not run and find Ethan Crumbly in the hallway. So, Ben, basically, I, 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 I can't, I never, I can't. Basically, there are bleeding children in the hallway and the, the person employed by the school to keep your kids safe is trying to say, I, I thought it was makeup, it was realistic. Well, I'm looking at a tortured man here. Really? Yeah. That's that's garbage. That's, I mean, even, I would think that if they were going to have this drill that sophisticated, that even the janitor would know about it. My man. You know, but to, even to if know it's a drill, expect. would you run? If, if you're in a, even if you think it's a drill, would that be the reaction that you do? If even if you're practicing, is running part of the response? Great point. No, Karen's no. the Galileo. No, that's horrible. Of logic. I mean, come the fuck on. Well, anyway, man, I'm 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 sad for those families that lost their. I really am. I mean, we all are. Not forgotten. And, and I'm happy that you have your daughter to hug this Christmas, Ben. I really am. Yeah. You know? And that's something positive. Something positive. My man, you want to get a drink this this uh, this season? Absolutely. Let's go. I'll yeah. call you tomorrow, okay? Let's go. All right. Call you tomorrow. Yeah, let's do it. Love you, man. Happy holidays, My, my man. best to your family. Love you, too. Happy holidays. Thank, Thank you, guys. Same. Thanks, Ben. Bye. -bye. Hang out for the rest of the show, Ben, and listen to this, because what we got coming is an expert on the border. You want to know this, okay? Uh, but before we bring you, <laughs> excuse me, Todd Benzman, uh, I want to let you know that Todd Benzman is brought to you by ADR. When government <laughs> practices are falling apart, you call ADR to help fix them, whether it's procurement, public uh, 
construction projects, um, compliance, information technology, all the things we might need on the border. You call a company like ADR, Honest, Ethical, Smart. Barry Ellen Tuck at 248-318-9424 for a consultation. We've been telling you. We've been telling you. Does the government call? Sometimes they do, actually. There's a reason we keep getting the speaker's <laughs> name every week. He does get the calls. Get the job done right, on time, on budget. ADR Consultants, 248-318-9424. Now, want to introduce uh, into the show again, good friend, Todd Benzman, senior fellow at the nonpartisan, nonpartisan Center for Immigration Studies. He's out with a new book. It's called Overrun. How Joe Biden's Unleashed the Greatest Border Crisis in U.S. History. Hey, Todd, that's a hell of a title. What do you mean, How Joe Biden Unleashed the Greatest Border Crisis in U.S. History? Well, first of all, thanks for having me on. I, I wish I could deliver you a happy meal uh, with my um, uh, talk about the border here, but it's it's never happy, and people always complain when I speak about the border God, what a bummer that that is. You you know, thanks. But um, you know, the 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 border crisis that we're in right now can be traced like right to inauguration day. Literally on inauguration day, the spigots all opened up and everybody kind of came through by the hundreds of thousands and so that's why Joe Biden has his name in my subtitle. Uh, for well, the short how, answer. How did the spigot open up and what did Joe Biden do to open up the spigot? Well, everybody remembers, I know that uh, the prior administration was known as a tough on the border, you know, let's build a big, beautiful wall kind of guy. And all throughout the Democratic campaign for president, uh, the promises of, you know, I think there were like 15 different candidates at one point, but all 15 of them were saying, we're going to undo everything that that guy did on day one. They all said on day one. And uh, that's what happened. They just followed through on the campaign promises. We're going to undo everything on day one. And they uh, they did. Which is uh, the remain the in Mexico policy, right? The remain in Mexico policy. Well, there was the remain in Mexico policy uh, ended on the first day. Uh, there was another one called, uh, you know, third country, safe third country, uh, which which is a little bit complicated to describe quickly here, but they got rid of it was effective. Uh, they ended um, uh, opened up huge gaps in the Title Forty Two, the pushback policy that is still in place that's going away next week. We think, or it's probably going away next week, so that. Uh, instead of 100% pushbacks, you know, returns into Mexico, it was like 60% overnight, which means 40% of everybody who hit the border got in. As soon as everybody started getting in uh, and access to the asylum system, the word went out in selfies and, uh, you know, everybody's got a cell phone, a modern cell phone uh, connected fully to the internet and all the social media saw everybody was pouring in through these gaps and they came, they came for it and it never ended. It's gone on from, from the very, literally from, from inauguration day to today. And so escalating. Title, yeah. Sorry. Title 42 is basically a COVID era health policy. Meaning if you want asylum, you got to go back and you got to wait in Mexico because we have a pandemic. A uh, federal judge said that no longer applies. There is no pandemic, even though we got the same amount of people dying. There's no pandemic. And in my estimation, Todd, now you spend way more time on the border than I do. Everybody hears that as amnesty. Everybody hears it's open. Whether that's true or not, I'm not going to blame Biden for that. That's what migrants, like you said, all through the world are hearing. You're going to get in and... What are you seeing now? What kind of wave are we? Do you anticipate us seeing? Okay. Well, first of all, let's take me out of the picture for a second. Okay. This uh, cut him off. Get him. Get, get rid of him. You're out. Okay. You're off. Now no, back no, no, to, back no. to me. Oh, sorry. I'm I'm kidding. Keep talking about the book. 
Uh, anyway, <laughs> the, um, but go ahead. I the, um, right. Well, so, you know, title 42, what, what people need to remember is that that title 42 blocked access to the asylum system. Why is that so important? Because the asylum system allows everybody who shows up at the border to, and says, I want asylum to get right past border patrol and into the interior forever. Because at that point, then they just, whether they actually apply for asylum, uh, abandon their claim or lose, and most of them lose, they just disappear and join the illegal immigrant population, which is like 12 million now, 13, 14 million now. And the odds of ICE ever coming to catch you, uh, you particular, particularly, is, uh, you know, you've got a very high odds of never being found and getting to work for years and years and years inside the country. That's it, the beauty of why asylum. Does, I asked you this question. How many people do you think... We just saw uh, pictures from El Paso, right? Yes, 75. Oh, no, you're getting to that. <laughs> well, get to it now. All right. It's a, and so the intelligence community estimates that when Title 42 finally goes away, we'll have somewhere between 12,000 a day what? and 18,000 a day crossing. So to what? give you a perspective. That's a half a million a, a month. 540,000 a month on the top end and 320 on the bottom end, I think, if I remember my math right, uh, per month, which means, you know, 4.2 million a year or 6.4 million a year. If those numbers hold, if they have those numbers, some people are saying it would be more than that. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. But the, the, the perspective on that is just a couple years ago, the Obama's secretary of DHS came out and said, man, when I woke up in the morning and there were more than 1,000 crossing a day, that was a nightmare for me. That was an unbearable crisis, 1,000 a day. Well, we're at seven and 9,000 a day now. We've been here for two years almost. So that gives you a perspective on what 12,000 a day on the bottom end looks like and 18,000 a day. I mean, we're looking at doubling where we are now and where we are now is utterly historic. We, by every mm. nonpartisan measure, completely historic. And we know this, we know, uh, that's when you and I first hooked up is, uh, how many people on the terror watch list have been encountered this year alone? Yeah. So in fiscal 22, 98, people who are on the watch list, the FBI's watch list have been apprehended. Uh, in October, there was another nine. And so we'll probably, in last year, there were, there were 14. So we're at about 125 for the Biden administration's first two years. In a typical year, I used to work and tell here in Texas about that. Uh, we might see uh, three or four on the watch list crossover and the Mexicans would catch another five or six uh, on their side. So, so 98 in a fiscal year is like huge uh, in, in this world, in the world of uh, counterterrorism. And what do we do with those people on the watch list when they get them? We give them a bus ticket to Dearborn. So are they treated all the same way? Well, we know one of them did actually get a bus ticket to Dearborn. Uh, thanks to Charlie, we know about that. I wonder if he got um, my plant. <laughs> yeah, I still think you need to go back out there and knock his door. But again, but let um, me write that down. <laughs> uh, and we we have some other cases like that where we just lost track of. Is the, there's so much pandemonium down there? But what do we do with them? Well, those are the ones we caught. There have been about a million and a half people crossed through that we didn't catch. They're called gotaways. So if you have 120 on the watch list you have to be able to bet a paycheck that some got through uh, and are running around out here somewhere. The ones we caught, thank God we caught them, uh, we're going to interrogate the heck out of them, uh, ring them for every bit of intelligence that we can, make sure that they weren't gonna do something, that they weren't with some other people that were gonna do something, 
So there's going to be a lot of interrogation stuff happening inside the detention facility. And then we're going to deport them back to wherever we can deport them. Uh, so that's what typically happens. But in the case that Charlie wrote about, broke that story, uh, and then I wrote on his coattails a whole bunch. I think I'm still writing on his coattails on that one. You and everybody else uh, in the media. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, that cases like that, what, they, what it tells us is that the system's breaking down. Something's wrong. The, the, that's not supposed to happen. And there are some other cases like that, at least two or three others that I've written about where they just got lost in the shuffle. They had to go chase one guy down in Florida. He, he was running around loose for two weeks before they managed to track him down, big manhunt. Uh, and they finally dragged him back into a ICE detention facility. One Yemeni guy, the Mexicans caught, uh, and then they um, released him. They just flushed him out of the detention center and nobody knows where he is. Uh, Yemen guy on the watch list. And so we're getting cases like we're talking with Todd Benzman, a senior fellow at the Center for Immigration Studies, out with a new book over on how Joe Biden's unleashed the greatest border crisis in U.S. history. Todd, this might be outside your wheelhouse, but do we not have room in the United States for hungry people willing to work? Well, somebody's got to set the limit. What's the limit? Uh, there's 750 million people in the world living in extreme po poverty. So, you know, I mean, we're a country of 330. It's like the, the lifeboats, you know, moving around the Titanic sinking at some point. If you take too many on, everybody goes over. So, you know, that's why we have laws and limits and caps and rules and enforcement to make sure that, that we get to decide who gets to come in and, and, and how many. But we, as a nation, take in one million people every single year legally. We're the most generous nation on earth in terms of legal immigration. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's, it's a question. It's a policy question. It's a fair policy question. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a culture question. Because if you just look at Europe that absorbed more or less just to round off just slightly over a million Syrian refugees, real ones, war torn refugees, Houses bombed, starving. Europe, population 450 million, took in a million Syrian refugees. And it flipped politics on its head in Europe. It's flipped it to the right. So my liberal friends, it's not me. I'm telling you about human nature. I've spent my life studying human nature. Doesn't mean what humans do is what I think they should do. But when you, when you have one million people in a place of 450 million and everything goes right wing it's a lot too quick for people so now when you're talking in the last two years we've had five six maybe it's going to be 12 10 15 million people what do you think is going to happen here detroit what do you think is going to happen here you want 15 bucks to work at a gas station and a guy that's hungry and i don't blame a guy that's hungry he'll do it for 10 and the argument is we don't have people to fill the jobs. Well, that means wages must go up. But if you bring in hungry people, wages will go down. So when Todd's saying we must decide in an orderly fashion, just like the Federal Reserve in an orderly fashion is trying to get a hold of inflation, and you, you have this and a disinterested government, this doesn't bode well for anybody. You agree with that, Todd? Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, the, the cultural part is less of a concern to me. I think we are an incredibly diverse, multicultural society. We do pretty well with that. Yes, we do. Unlike Europe. By the way, the Europeans, just if I can add one little extra thing, it's not just the cultural uh, clash there, but after all those refugees came through and Afghans and everybody else, they started experiencing terror attacks everywhere. Uh, like, I mean, people just, you know, bloodshed in the, in the, in the streets and the markets and Christmas uh, tree, you know, people getting run down by trucks and just crazy from one end of the continent to the other. And I think it was really a more of a reaction to, to, you know, running gun battles in the streets of 
Paris all the time uh, and in, all throughout Germany, Munich, but let me, everywhere. Let, let me pause you there, though. That's true, but you, you get that in any free country. So, I mean, some crazy... Yeah, we. I, I remember. I remember. Um, but they were the refugees that and, came through. That yeah, but you know, that. like then we got some asshole fifteen-year-old kid here in Michigan doing the same shit. The world's just mm -hmm. kind of nuts. So I don't want to over, you know, state like we 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 know everybody knows immigrants and ninety-nine percent of them we love. We just have to have some kind of order. Who the hell's coming in here? Because I know what's going on in Canada. Let me localize this. My Canadian brothers and sisters, I know you hit me on the social media. Justin Trudeau is playing you a game. He wants to let in a half a million refugees that he gets to handpick. Because Canada only borders one country to be this one. He handpicks them. And even the unions there don't want him handpicking. But when Central Americans third world people coming to the United States try to get to Canada through that uh, safe third country agreement, meaning wherever you landed, that's where you claim asylum. So if you landed in America, that's where you claim asylum. He's negotiating right now, right now, look it up, CBC, Washington Post, Justin Trudeau is asking Biden, and they are negotiating it, that you take all refugees back, not just at the port of entry, but the entire border. That's the two-faced Justin Trudeau. And yet at the same time, we're not in negotiations with the Mexicans or the Guatemalans to do the same thing. In fact, in Canada, in the Supreme Court, they just heard arguments that the United States is no longer safe for refugees to be returned. That's the argument. This is the nonsense we're living in. Go ahead, rip that off. <laughs> that's incredible. Uh, that's that's an incredible argument that they're that they're making, isn't it? Though, uh, and if it's yeah. true, brother, if it's true, then where is the media? Like I remember, and I'm no fan of Trump. Everybody knows that, but uh, Trump's putting kids in cages. If the Canadian Supreme Court is hearing that our detention facilities are dangerous, I would fully expect the media to look into that. But you don't hear, boo, Canadian people call me up and tell me I'm nuts. But it's true. Right, Todd? Is it true, Todd? Uh, it, is what true? That our, that our detention the fact centers... That the, are, that the Canadians are arguing over the fact that the, the safe third country agreement should be rescinded and that it's unsafe for refugees in the United States. Is that not the argument? Like, yeah, that sounds like a good story to me. Uh, you can have you know, it. Uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, listen, I mean, I, I was telling you the other day on the phone that, you know, I thought that the we're starting to see uh, people like Cuomo want to go down to the border. Nobody. I don't. When was the last time Cuomo went down to the border? Nobody was going down to the border. MSNBC is finally down there now for the first time in two years. Uh, and that's the greatest damn story. I was a journalist for 23 years. Uh, greatest damn story I think I've ever seen, like a, the human drama of it, the history making, the you know intermix of uh, law enforcement, cops and robbers, the cartels, the drugs, the, the uh, policy questions. It's a hell of a story, but it really is not getting covered like the moon landing that it is or the invention of uh, flight or you know the invention of the wheel. It's an amazing story. So there's a lot that's not being covered down there. Uh, and the American people pretty much don't know anything about it. But you're going to feel it in Detroit. You're going to feel it everywhere. Everybody's already feeling it. They may not be complaining very loudly about it yet, but they will in the next two years. Yeah, well, this isn't a moon landing. This historically is a Mars landing. You know, now having said that, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to thank you, Todd. Todd Benzman, senior fellow at the Center for Immigration Studies with his new book, Overrun, How Joe Biden's Unleashed the Greatest Border Crisis in U.S. History. Now, I want to leave you all with an uplift. As you know, you saw my recent report, Elvis from Nicaragua, yes, Elvis, has entered the country. And in the spirit of the holiday, I want to wish my new friend a Merry Christmas. And Señor, esta canción 
es para ti, amigo. Tendré una Navidad triste sin ti. Pondré tan triste solo de pensar en ti. Entornos de color rojo en un bar de Navidad veré. No será lo mismo, cariño, si no está aquí conmigo. Tristes copos de nieve empiezan a caer. Cuando comenzarán a llamar esos recuerdos tristes, estarás bien con tu blanca Navidad. Pero yo tendré una triste, triste, triste Navidad. Estás bien con tu blanco Navidad. Triste, triste, triste Navidad. Gracias muy mucho, amigos. Yeah, bravo, bravísimo. Encore, encore. Dale más. Have a beautiful holiday.